Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. We've got Graham, Jeremy, Andre, and of course me. Welcome, welcome. Today we're going to talk about crypto. We'll also talk about things like real estate, commodities, inflation. I'm sure we'll talk about inflation because there is no inflation. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's just get started. What the heck with that V-shaped recovery on crypto? What what are y'all doing? Who's buying? Who's selling? Who paper-handed? And, uh, and 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 yeah, is, are we looking at the main two coins or other coins? What's going on? What are y'all thinking? Yeah, we will see Graham, 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 Graham first. Okay. <laughs> I like I like this, Kevin. Okay, this is wild this morning watching it. I missed the dip, unfortunately. Um, I was sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. I was I was busy trying to get a video edited for tomorrow, and uh, I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna go and buy Wait, some more. I, and I ended up buying a little more, like thirty one. Ah. <laughs> uh, I dollar cost average. So for me, I mean, I missed the bottom on that one, but we'll see what happens. Andre, you're well, <laughs> it's my turn. All right. <laughs> no, I just I just saw Jim Cramer selling it because China, China banned Bitcoin again. Did you guys see 90% of China's are trying to flee Bitcoin to go to somewhere else? They're they're trying to put their mining uh, equipment somewhere else away from China, which is actually a huge win for the world, huge loss for China. Um, and anybody that criticizes Bitcoin, that's, you know, it's China, it's centralized by China, it's owned by China. I think this is one of the best things that could happen to Bitcoin. That's probably honestly why it went up is because people are happy that it's leaving China. So that's all. That's awesome. But Jim Cramer paper handed. Uh, he, he sold most of his Bitcoin because, uh, yeah, I don't know what nice word to describe. But well, <laughs> it was that's funny, a big I'm pretty sure this morning at market open because he's usually on between six and six thirty it was pretty much at bottom like bottom. near rock bottom this morning <laughs> yeah. i think maybe the dead bottom was like an hour after the open or something like that and and he was yapping about how he's so excited about having sold his bitcoin <laughs> it's basically yeah. rock bottom it's like come on man you just paper handed at the bottom and for a silly reason because andre i think what you're saying is 100 percent right that please good riddance china we've got elon musk and the bitcoin mining council uh leading to uh you know a, 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 basically a consortium of north american miners to have cleaner bitcoin mining uh, and i remember when they first talked about that council i'm like what's that council gonna do china's doing all the mining and they're not gonna participate well china basically just walked out yep Huge loss for them. That sucks. It's for huge them. for Bitcoin, yeah. though. I think but, I think it's great. Uh, personally, I was waiting for a little bit more of a dip. Like I'm like, ah, oh, really? Twenty eight? Is that all you got? Like, give me a little more. Mm -hmm. But like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, bye. But you know what? <laughs> no, I this like has it. happened so much in the past. So like 2013, this came out that the regulators declared that Bitcoin was not a real currency, and they forbade financial and payment institutions from transaction uh, from transacting in it. Then in 2017, they banned ICOs. Then in 2019, they issued a statement saying it would block access to cryptocurrency. Then again, a few months ago, they said it, it, it's just they're reiterating the same things. But I feel like every time they're just like clamping down, clamping down, clamping down. 
to me, it's really nothing new. I mean, this is should be expected at this point, right? Uh, I think this one is more serious than all their other ones. I think this time it's like more serious than all the other 15 times they tried to. Uh, they no, tried no, no, but this time I, we mean it. We mean it this time. <laughs> this time is different. <laughs> uh, like 2008. We're not in 2008. <laughs> hey, speaking of, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, Je wow. Jeremy, what are you thinking on this crypto? So what I'm thinking is uh, you guys brought up Jim Cramer and selling Bitcoin <laughs> or whatever. And I haven't got to see that clip or whatever, but it reminds me of essentially a situation that always happens. And this happens in sports sometimes, and it happens in finance lately, right? Where if something's going up a ton, you get all these cheerleaders come on board and they're supporting, right? And as soon as times get tough, they are like out, 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 and all of a sudden they're dogging it. You know, we saw it in Tesla. We've seen it, you know, in Bitcoin. It's like when Bitcoin's going up, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I like Bitcoin too. Yeah, Bitcoin to the moon. And then as soon as it gets tough, you find out who the real players are and who's really staying in it and uh, who's just kind of faking, right? And so when it comes to kind of the crypto crash, you know, we, we don't, still don't know where the end is for that, right? We don't know if that was the end today or if it's the end in a month or six months or what, right? Um but one thing I know is I'm getting absolutely decimated on VGX, man. That's under two mm. bucks. I was looking this morning. <laughs> that's that's a rough one. But then again, I mean, almost all crypto is pretty much getting decimated. So the smaller coins seem to get it even worse. It seems like they get more upside if things are good. But man, when things get ugly, it's it's almost like growth stocks versus value stocks in a, in a tanking market, man. So that's kind of my two cents on that. No, you're right. But it, that's even true with Kramer with Tesla, if you remember uh, in the beginning, he's he was against Tesla, heavily against it. And then as soon as it started to pop off, he's like, all in on Tesla, everyone. It's great. It's great. And then at some point he was, I think the last he flipped thing back, he flipped, man, look back. To he not flipped, dude, it. like seriously, he flipped so much on Tesla. And it's so annoying because uh, it, like while Tesla was going up, people would call into his show like, hey, I really like Neo. I think it's the next Tesla. And don't get me wrong. I like Neo too. Okay. I own Neo. But uh, yeah, um, Jim Cramer's like, Tesla. Tesla's the next Tesla. Just keep buying Tesla. Tesla. That's the only EV company you need. And literally, you're so right. A few weeks ago, you know, after it's been plummeting for like the past two or three months, it's like, you know what? Uh, Tesla evaluation. Ah, no, no, not so good. That's it's a like, great It's impression. way cheaper than it was when you were. Oh. That's a really, you should do the goatee that he has and just do one impersonation of him. <laughs> you should. Okay. That would be campaign like that. Oh gosh, that would be yeah, awesome. guys. If you want to see that, just make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, and let us know in the comments if that's something you want to see. Hey, but guys, I, I got a question here. Okay, well, no, I got two questions. The first question is: Did you guys see the uh, you, the um, the Webull link where you could get two free stocks valued up to twenty three hundred dollars? Did you guys see that? That's in the description area. It's usually the first link we might have as a pin comment. Not sure if you guys saw that, but that's huge news. Second news is: What's going on with the the Bitcoin in China thing? Can you guys explain wait, exactly wait. what, what is going on there? Because I actually we don't. don't have the link yet. You gotta oh. send me the link. I haven't we'll, we'll put it in up. the description. Okay, we'll set up. <laughs> Someone texted to me. <laughs> All the market is crashing and really desperate. We're really trying to plug these lines. Yeah. <laughs> All our investments are down like 50%. Come on, help us out here. We we need free stocks, man. Free stocks. Maybe you could get lucky and get a tattooed chef stock or maybe even an AMC. 
But no, hey, in all seriousness, guys, what what is the deal with the, the Bitcoin in China thing? Because I don't think a lot of people know, like, what what is this? Like, China's all of a sudden against Bitcoin, but what's, like, the details? Do you guys have, like, the details on that? Because I'm actually a little confused on what's going on there. No, I don't have all the details offhand right now. I'm just uh, catching up on it right now as well. Yeah, this yeah, is pretty from, recent. From what I'm seeing, it, it really, it seems like... China is basically saying, hey, like you can hold crypto, you can hold it, but uh, you can mine it. And so they're trying to basically they're shutting off power to miners in China right now. Like literally miners who are using hydroelectric power, which power is going nowhere else because there are no transmission facilities connecting those uh, those hydro facilities to anyone else. So it's just lost power. Otherwise, the, the, the local city officials are coming in going, nope, shut down, shut down, shut down. It's just shut down literally shutting down miners and the miners are like oh my gosh now we're losing money every single day we've got to move the price of crypto is already tanked so the miners are basically getting double screwed they're getting screwed because the price of crypto is down which is obviously uh, their major asset uh they make less money when they're mining but now they can't even mine the, the the pittance that they should be making because a lot of these mines are built assuming that the bitcoin uh, that bitcoin goes up right this is how a lot of the miners make profit is bitcoin goes up uh or, or they, they they peg oh well as long as we're over 45k we make money so now it's just like some of these miners are literally going from profit to loss to not just loss anymore but to literally zero and, and they still have their carrying costs their employees their hardware their hardware which gets older every day that goes by and you're not mining using that hardware that hardware becomes more and more antiquated so it's a total disaster there was even a mention in cnbc about potentially these these miners in in, in china moving to texas because uh governor abbott in texas is like yeah you know come mine over here personally i think that's freaking brilliant i would yeah. do like if i were governor of california i'd be like this on the on the beach right now Chinese miners, come right. here. Well, that's what El Salvador is trying to do. They're trying to incentivize people. And uh, but before we go to the, to that, um, Jeremy, also the the Bank of China was also summoned to basically hand over information that would identify crypto dealers and anyone who's exchanging. So they they are really trying to identify people who transact or use Bitcoin or really any cryptocurrency. By the way, Kevin, I just sent you a link to the hash rate. You could see how much has declined. It's like ninety percent decline mm. this year. So you can tell a lot of a lot of Bitcoin's price sometimes follows its hash rate. So you can see there's a lot of correlation there. So Why? You can you explain that for the people watching who just don't even know what a hash rate is? Yeah, a hash rate is the amount of I guess electricity and power that gets uh, secure. That's the amount of security on the Bitcoin network, right? So you can see, uh, if you can blow that up, Kevin, right now it's like crazy in how much it's declined. So I guarantee you, if you overlay the price chart, it, it would like follow a similar graph. So um, as the Bitcoin network grows and becomes more popular, there's a lot more miners uh, essentially that use their computing power to contribute to mining the blocks. And that's what makes Bitcoin more decentralized and more distributed. Uh, but with this ban, 90% of the miners in China are basically shutting down. So now the amount of power that's securing Bitcoin is substantially decreased, which, you know, to a lot of people that are maybe uninitiated might think that Bitcoin is less secure now or it's, it's more risky because there's, you know, it's, it's more centralized now. Um, and that's why people are afraid of the price. So the price is dropping. So it has a lot to do with the, yeah, the correlation between security, decentralization and the value that people perceive it to be. Mm. But, so the more of a the more hash, the yes. more 
estimated number of tera hashes per second the Bitcoin network is performing, basically the less work is being done. And since Bitcoin is a proof of work security system, the more the more you you do you do work to yeah. create security for the network. The more work you do, the more energy you burn. Maybe the safer the network is. Correct. Yeah. The more miners there are, the safer it is because it's more distributed. Um, but also what's interesting about Bitcoin is that it's difficulty adjusts. So what's really cool is that once miners leave, what happens on Bitcoin is it becomes a lot easier because like the algorithm, the SHA-256 algorithm basically like adjusts and then it makes it easier to mine Bitcoin. So because it's self-regulating and self-correcting, it's mm -hmm. going to attract a lot more miners back relatively quickly just because the miners that are left they're going to make a lot more of the profit right because now there's less people that they have to share those profits with and mm. so that's what's kind of interesting is that it's kind of a temporary dip but because it's self-regulating it's going to suck people back in eventually they'll once they find other places to put their equipment at wow it's crazy because you know you, you go back a few years ago like people would have dreamed to mine bitcoin at thirty thousand, right and right. Uh, you know there was talk about back then of like you needed at least like 5k i think to make money on it or something and now just a few years later man all of a sudden now it's like oh 30k that's not good enough we need at least 40k or or whatever it's it's that's nuts doesn't, man. It's yeah. doesn't it balance out that the higher the price of bitcoin goes the more competition there is yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the more valuable Bitcoin is, the more miners want to participate on the network. But because so, we had just had an exodus of miners and Bitcoin is still relatively high, it's still $30,000. I mean, it's not like five grand. Um, it's going to suck people back in because they all want those profits because there's a lot less people to share those profits with right now, um, which is good. So what you're saying is all in on Bitcoin mining rigs right now. <laughs> I actually, I, I would love to do an experiment where I don't even know what it would take or how much money it would cost to do some kind of facility where imagine if we, I don't know, put in like, let's say a couple hundred grand into buying some equipment and we made it either hydropowered or uh, battery powered somehow. That would be awesome. And just see how much money we could make. That would be kind what? of an interesting experiment. You know who would be perfect? <laughs> you know who would be perfect to build these facilities thinking about it would be a, a company actually here in town andre uh switch oh they do that well no because switch builds these massive data centers and they have all these patents around their data centers on how to keep them cool and all these sorts of things and and um it almost seems like that would be like the perfect company because they know how to build these structures unbelievably and like you know keep them cool and like they use that they actually get the best grade of any public company, I think, in the world when it comes to environmental grade, because they use pretty much all renewable. It's it's amazing, man. You, I'm sure you see the the big facilities on the 215. They got another huge one going up, and um, that that would be the company. Do do huh? Do you own their stock? I own a little bit of their stock. Yeah. No, no, that's definitely something to look into, though. I think yeah. that would be a fun experiment just to see. I, yeah, I think it, it's just the risk. I think there's still a lot of people that are scared to take that risk, right, uh, of mining a crypto. You know, typically like you don't want to be buying mining equipment when Bitcoin is still kind of going through a, a bull cycle. I still think that we're kind of in a, in a bull run. Even though we're, we've dropped to $30,000, I still think that the best time to build businesses 
is when no one cares about Bitcoin. No one's talking about it. Yeah. It's prices in the gutter. It's, I don't know if now is the best time to build That's that. true of anything, though. That could be true with real estate, with with, with right. certain stocks. Right. So that's definitely very true, though. But the you point know, is, I still think Bitcoin's a little hot right now to be starting big businesses like that. Yeah, it almost... It almost makes sense to if you if you believe like let's say uh, Bitcoin's going to be down for the next one to two years, it almost makes sense to potentially buy put options on Nvidia because um, Nvidia right. still has been making a good a good amount of money from you know all that that equipment and whatnot. So hmm, I don't know. I have to think about yeah, that. You but. should buy put options on Nvidia just for it going down after the stock split. <laughs> yeah, has it has it gone down? After, I haven't tracked it lately. No, when did the what does the split happen? I don't even I don't I haven't watched it either. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, last time I oh, saw yes, it, I think it was at record highs. Was it yesterday? I don't know. Yeah, because I thought it was still over like seven hundred right now. It's seven fifty five oh. right now. Seven fifty. So it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, remember what happened after the Tesla and Apple split? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nvidia is a beast, but man, you know, in the short term, it's like it's like you know, if, if let's say everybody's stopped being so hyped on you know buying mining equipment, because Nvidia always, if you remember after the last uh, cycle, Nvidia had this huge ramp up as Bitcoin went went up, and as soon as Bitcoin started to go the other way, you know, Nvidia stock price, you could see a stock chart. Stock chart of Nvidia is very similar to the the stock price, or excuse me, the the price of Bitcoin. It's crazy correlation. Between well, those two. Well, what about Tesla's price? I haven't checked that recently. That's pretty correlated too. A little bit, but that's probably a little more because of excitement and hype. Nvidia's actually, you know, benefits financially from from <sighs> Bitcoin. Right. So, yeah. Wow. So, so what about AMD though? Because AMD has uh, uh, Nvidia seems a lot more expensive. Their four PE is like two or three times what uh, AMD's is. Why? I don't know if AMD benefits that much. I'd have to look into mm. it. I know NVIDIA has always been the one they've talked about benefits the most of public companies. Um, so, yeah, I would have to look into see how much uh, AMD kind of benefits there. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, anybody going into other coins or, or uh, just buying the dip on ETH and BTC or kind of just watching and praying? Or, or I mean, I know you've got the Voyager token there. Uh, Jeremy, have you been buying more of, of the crypto-related companies like Marathon, Riot, Voyager, whatever? Uh, I bought some more Voyager Digital today, actually. Okay. I did buy some more. Um, it was like 14 or something today, right? Yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what I got my shares at, but I did buy some. And then I don't. I have been contemplating buying some more Coinbase. I haven't yet. Yeah, but, same. Yeah. yeah if, that, if that baby goes under 200, it, I don't know how I won't like just buy a little bit more. So. Yeah. What about if you guys? That, I think if crypto goes, uh, I think if Bitcoin goes somewhere under 25 uh, K, I, I think we see coin under 200 because uh, mm -hmm. it was at like 210 today. You know, it's been yeah. sitting at 220 forever. So. Right. Yeah. I've just been dollar cost averaging. Uh, Bitcoin I bought this morning around like it was either high 30s, 31 ish. And usually every now and then I just throw like 5K at it. So I don't really pay attention. But if I see a dip like this, I usually just preemptively, all right, let me go and get this done. Ethereum is the only one I'm really watching closely. I stopped buying Ethereum once it went past 17 or 1800. So I think if it drops below 17, I saw it drop to 17 earlier today. It got, you know, I, I again, I missed that. But I think if it drops below that, I would uh, I'd be a buyer of Ethereum again. Graham, where, where yeah. do you put, you know, I, I want to hear Andre's opinion on what you've been buying, but, you know, Graham, like where, 
do you put Bitcoin buying on your risk level? Let's say 10 is the riskiest investment in the world and one is the least risky. Where where's Bitcoin fall for you on that? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Probably a seven or an eight. I mean, oh, I, I don't wow. think it's at least in the short term. Uh, but I think that, yeah, it's it's not as speculative as some of these other things going, you know, all in on something for a few days. For me, it's like this is going to be a five to probably 10 year plus hold uh, without doing anything. So but it's definitely risky. I mean, in the sense that uh, it was 50 percent now of what it used to be just two months ago. See, that's pretty risky compared to an index fund that like fluctuates plus or minus like a few percent. This thing is risky. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that it's funny me. you say basically seven. I have a uh, a sheet where I look at I, I rank my price or my I have a price target sheet and I have a sheet for my risk level and mm -hmm. I sort these things on a scale of one to ten. And I I just zoomed in here to where I just show uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and take a look at exactly where Bitcoin and Ethereum sit. Wow! Wow! <laughs> no same, way. same thought, man. <laughs> Jeez, what did I say? Seven or eight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. I don't need no <laughs> sheet. I, my sheet's right up here. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> I would have to say my Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, risk level is probably five. I don't know if it's because I've been in it longer since before 2017, since like 2014. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen these roller coasters and I've been through it. And it's just like, it doesn't phase me anymore. Like I'm down half a million dollars on my crypto. And I'm oh, just, God. I don't care. <laughs> But yeah. Andre, isn't there always a time where like it keeps working until it doesn't? What do you mean? Because I'm I'm part of me thinks that if these patterns become predictable, right. then they become more exploitable. And then at that point they no longer work. And we're gonna be looking for some other metric. Uh I just feel like if that was the case, we would have already found that pattern a long time ago. Like this isn't the first rodeo. This is like our fourth or fifth cycle that we're in it's mm -hmm. i feel like we would have figured it out by now but it's interesting to me because I, I just feel bad for a dogecoin millionaire because i don't think he's a millionaire anymore you know what i actually i texted him earlier today because i was thinking of, of just that i'm like did he post a video and so i went to his channel and uh usually funny enough like i watch most of his videos because i i just i think he's such a cool just nice down-to-earth guy I, I like watching him he could talk about anything i'd sit there i watch him but uh, he made a video, I think it was yesterday, when it hit 30 cents. And yeah, below 25 cents, I, I believe I could be mistaken, uh, it dips below the million dollar mark. So, and I was reading some of the comments, and of course everyone's like, you should have sold, you should have sold. In hindsight, yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the way I see it, he's still up like six, seven hundred thousand dollars in profit. He's still up, even despite the coin going down like 70% in price. Well, I think it could be a lot worse. And I think for him, listen, even if it's under a million, the fact that he made hundreds of thousands of dollars this year from that, I think is incredible. He's, no, he's that's true. Winner. That's true. It, Dogecoin right now is at 20 cents. So he's what, like 800K right now? Because he's got 4 million coins. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's still way, way up. But. I mean, he's definitely out of the millionaire club now. We can't have him in the club anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just kidding. Ouch. Oh, <laughs> man. Up. But yeah, yeah, no, I've just, yeah, I've been buying Bitcoin and Ethereum, just DCA as well. Um, yeah. In, in terms of risk levels, you know, I mean, I think if you asked, I think if we were doing this show four or five years ago, I think a lot of us would have said 10. 10. Right? Yeah. yeah. 10, 10, 10. Um, that seems 
you know, insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you I doing? Yeah. I would have said that in 2014. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of this year, but um, yeah. Okay. Gosh, yeah. it is true though. Bitcoin and Ethereum seem to be like the blue chip stable ones and the altcoins. When Bitcoin's doing well, the alt it's it's like a casino in the altcoin world. Like you, you never know. You could buy one random one and it can it could uh, like a hundred X, right? But when Bitcoin is falling, all the other altcoins are going to be falling by like a factor of two to three times more. That's uh, just the reality of altcoins. Just... Is, is there anything really like popping in the crypto space right now? Or is it just down everything right now? Pretty much everything's across the board down. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's not the new hot one out yeah. there right did you now. Huh? Did, you see the one, did you see the one story? There's a story earlier today. This guy put in $20, I think it was, uh, what was it, Rocket Bunny? And then he woke up this morning and he saw his account had grown to 100 And I think it was $170 trillion. <laughs> what? I, I kid you not, he invested $20. And uh, he showed screenshots of his account on Twitter uh, <laughs> asking how to cash it out. <laughs> And it turned out it was a glitch. So they reached out to him. It was like, you know, sorry, we can't let you cash out. It was a glitch in our end. We're going to fix it. But yeah, temporarily, he wants a trillion. They're all like, sir, we can only cash out 10 billion at a time. We, we apologize, <laughs> sir. So. He's like, can I have at least 1% for your mistake, though? Like, yeah. 1%. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Just, just one trillion, please. <laughs> It's a wild story, though. Yeah. It's how just the stimulus that. package. That's it. Just one, one small yeah. stimulus package. Just stimulate me. Yeah. <laughs> how, how's that? How's that white rocket company doing? Or not? not white, rocket. white rocket. Uh, the squirt <laughs> rocket. <laughs> squirt rocket. No. What's that doing, Kevin? I'm. I. You know. I. I don't keep tabs on it. <laughs> uh, I, I think. Uh, I mean, look. I think what you're saying with this volatility is true. I mean, I'll pull this up, but uh, you know, yeah, Bitcoin goes down. The other ones go down more. Yeah. I mean, this one hit that peak media on that particular day, that specific rocket company. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, down a good chunk right now uh, it, from, from there. It's at some of its lowest levels in uh, the last two or three months uh, after that, uh, that moment there. But um Yeah, I, I mean, have you have any y'all investing in Cardano? You know, that's that's uh, right there. Like, if I was going to have a basket of three coins, it'd be Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. And uh, I haven't heard any of y'all talk much about it. Anybody, any of y'all remotely interested in it? No, I don't want it. No. Uh, yeah. It's a really great one. It's like uh, it's like a value version of you know Ethereum, right? Hundred percent. Ah, gosh, it's like. Voyager, right? It's it's kind of like the Robin Hood, uh, what it is to Robin Hood to Voyager, I guess. I don't know. It'd be like the cheaper, you know, the, cheaper. The, the cool thing is, and, and part of me though wonders sometimes if it's a bad thing, but I love that there's so much diversity to choose within the coin networks. But part of me also wonders, like, isn't it dangerous in the sense that it's kind of like we're diluting so much in so right. many different directions? Yeah. Uh, unless, of course, they move together, then maybe it doesn't matter so much. But I bought that. I bought uh, that whatever the Coinbase limit is of that this morning, like 30K or whatever uh, in the dip. But uh, yeah, I, I, I had to wire money to Coinbase to have more money there, but that takes 24 hours to settle. So I'm like, oh, right. Wait, why do you wire money week? to Coinbase? So I have it set up where I get deposit up to a hundred grand per 24 oh. hours. And oh. then it's immediately available to me. Like I, now I can't withdraw the money for five to seven days, but I don't care. 
you must have a bigger balance in coin than I do because I only have uh, I only get up to 35k. Maybe when this wire clears, it'll give me. You know more. what I think it is? I think it's dependent on how much you keep on the on the the platform because for me it varies between 10k on the low end to 100k on the high end, and every mm. time it's 100k, I'm holding either Bitcoin or cash on the platform. Mm. Mine's 50k, my limit. Yeah, but what's interesting, uh, Kevin, what you were saying about kind of like an index of these cryptos. So in 2017, yes. I remember buying an index fund of cryptos. I had my friend in Germany make an account for me because I couldn't as a U.S. citizen. And so he made it for me. I gave him the money and it was kind of like a like a basket of all these alts, right? With with Bitcoin being like 30 percent, Ethereum being like 20 percent and the other 50 percent were distributed amongst all these random altcoins. And I would never do that again. I'm never going to buy an index fund of cryptos. Because I just feel like 95% of all the altcoins on crypto are just complete garbage. Like it's only the 10% that are really going to survive in the next few years. That's how I feel about the S&P 500. <laughs> I know, that's probably <laughs> true. Did you, did you guys hear, I, I haven't followed this too closely about Mark Cuban with this cryptocurrency called Titan. Yes, yes I have a video for that. Yeah. yeah, so just for reference, because I have this article pulled up here. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, the cryptocurrency was trading for $65, okay? Then as of 11 a.m. the next day, it was going zero. for, and I kid you not, 0. 0. 0.0000000024. <laughs> it lost 99.99969. I've never seen a crypto go okay. that close to zero. Like the scammiest of coins, I don't think I've ever seen go that close to zero. <laughs> That's my first time seeing that. And uh, what was it according to Mark? He he sold before it went to zero. Right? Is that what it was? Supposedly. Or, supposedly. I, I think he's minimizing. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think he stayed in. <laughs> you know, he got out that point zero 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 two, and it's like, yeah, I lost, but I did get my money. Yeah, I mean, it didn't go totally to zero yet. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been seeing a lot on social media from some big stars uh, about this this crypto. So I've been loading up on it. It's called Ethereum Max. Max. And um, yeah, I saw Kim Kardashian was was promoting it. And Floyd Mayweather. That, so I've been loading yeah, up on that. Floyd was talking about, right? Yeah, in his fight. I don't yeah. believe Jeremy. No. I don't think you bought a dime of it. <laughs> no, just kidding. But no, that, that Ethereum Max, man, I, I guess, I, I don't know if they paid a bunch of influencers, but I heard there was like a bunch of people that all of a sudden were promoting it out of nowhere about a week or two ago or something like that. So Yeah, I think if Kim Kardashian is posting about it, for, it's it's too late already. Yeah. You know, that, that's the, if, if she posts about it, honestly, that is the time to sell. That is the sell <laughs> signal. Sell. Yeah. What, what if she? What if she posts? I'm an AMC ape. What what happens in that situation? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> she like, triggers oh. the mother of all short squeezes. Melvin <laughs> <laughs> Capital just goes bankrupt. <laughs> oh gosh! But do you own any Kevin? What? Sorry. Do you do you own any AMC yet, Jeremy? Oh, no, no I, I don't own no. an AMC yet. No. Oh, you don't support the movement. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna wait till it uh, hits $99.99, and I'll be the one that pushed it to 100 okay? So okay. We'll, if it goes there. All right, so I heard something about Jay Powell came out today. I haven't got to look into this yet, but I heard through the grapevine, Jay Powell came out today, and he says that they underestimated inflation. And... <laughs> 
What in the world? That sounds like a, sounds like a clickbait headline. <laughs> Kevin, explain this. I know you re you watch every video with it. It was too slow. I tuned into it, and it was like the speed of the, them talking is just so monotonous. I can't sit through that. Dude, I loved it. I had a blast yeah. watching it today. Uh, and, and maybe it's because I was just staring at Powell's reactions because these the senators uh, or, or representatives, they would, uh, congressmen and women, they would just ask these these questions, which weren't really questions. They were just speeches about like, you agree the Democrats suck, right? And then the Democrats, you agree the Republicans suck, right? It was like, it's such a disaster. Mm. But yeah, okay. So so on the, on the note of what you're saying, Jeremy, yeah, they... They did say they they underestimated the uh, the strength of uh, short term and temporary inflation. He does believe that uh, significantly, if not all, of the inflation that we're seeing is short term related. Supply chain pressure, uh, base effect, uh, you know, comparison inflation. And I mean, he continues to make the same argument, but it's a good argument. It's like if you actually if you you open up the report, the inflation report, and you turn into that page, you're like. Ah, okay, it's used cars, it's airline tickets, you know, these things up over 7% month over month each. Uh, it, and you look at those things, it's like he's not wrong to say that those things are temporary. So uh, it'll be really interesting. And what'll be the most interesting is when we get to next year and we're sitting in April and May of 2022 and all of a sudden we're like, oh crap, inflation went down. <laughs> That'll be weird. Hmm. What if we find ourselves in the same position where its prices are still as high as they are now? Nope. Then, no, you don't think that'll happen? Uh, I mean, I think maybe maybe uh, prices. Here's the thing: it's it's going to be it's going to be messy, in my opinion, because next year, even in the next few months, I expect we'll see like used car prices month over month. Once once we people got their used cars and we start getting supply again, we are going to see these massive negative numbers in airline prices, in car prices as they stabilize again. Month over month, we're going to have some big fat negative numbers. That's going to pull down the top number, which people only read the headline. Like that's all people care about is the headline. Uh, it, and so I think that's going to pull down the inflation number, which is uh, that that uh, reading, which is why I think, you know, September, October, towards the end of the year, we're really going to see that inflection downwards, which will be great for things like tech stocks. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, look, worst case next year, I think it's like, oh, wow, inflation's 2.3% or, or whatever. It, it'll be something nominal year over year. Uh, and ARC just put out a piece today. Uh, I think it was, it was today or yesterday. I'm pretty sure it's today. They put out a piece today about uh, exactly. Yeah, here it is. It was it was two seven piece investor letter two seventy five. Don't worry, I I got my arc stuff ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just give you a quick snippet from here, which I thought was really interesting. This line right here. Look at this. They talked about how it's entirely possible that these short term supply bottlenecks are actually going to lead to companies loading up on supply and inventory. And then you're going to have this massive inventory overhang, which could actually contribute to lower inflation in the future. Because, well, guess what? Now you actually have Kevin loaded up inventory. Kevin, this makes so much sense. I, I'm going through this situation right now. I ordered way too many six-figure and seven-figure trophies, and now my whole, <laughs> garage, my, my whole garage is like filled with them, and we're only you shipping ordered like so many because <laughs> you're waiting for customers. Nobody's coming. 
<laughs> no. I'm like, I'm like, I, I mean, we're, we only get like five to 10 a week and we were hitting like 20 or 30 when the market was, you know, skyrocketing. And now the market's like this and we're like, oh, now we ship like five to 10. So yeah, now I got, I got literally should, like, they should be sending them back. Yeah, they should be sending them back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're like, dude, have it back. <laughs> we, need, we need the chef to get moving. As soon as the chef gets moving in Corsair Gaming, well, we're going to be back rolling again, man. But no, but literally I got like $20,000 worth of freaking trophies just sitting in my garage. And I'm like, this Cor is Corsair Gaming. Sell, sell, sell. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Let's get back to this inflation. So this Jay yeah. Powell guy is saying he's underestimated inflation. It sounds like this YouTuber, Meet Kevin, they used to think there was no such thing as inflation. And now he's finally started to uh, recognize it. Huh? It's really, it, but the but the inflation underestimate wasn't really that bad. I mean, sure, they underestimated by a little bit, but well, still, I mean, sure, if you if you add it up month over month and then extrapolate that over a year, it looks bad. It looks five percent, but I think at least for right now. I, I can't help but think that there are so many artificial things that are holding uh, that are that are holding um, that are driving up prices and just making things look worse than they actually are. Uh, we were I was I down on the strip this weekend, and yeah. my dad said there's even inflation at the casino because all the tables were like 25 and up, pretty much. Even at like Aria, it was like 50 up. Father's Day, like hundred dollar minimums at the wind. Father's Day. Father's, fathers, they got money uh, to spend right now. Yeah. Is that what it was? The gambling, yeah, yeah. It was it's, insane. It's the holiday weekend, yeah, it was packed. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. There's inflation going on, but anyways, uh, Kevin, back to this Jay Powell man. So you're you're saying you're you're still confident we're going to see potentially deflation in 22. You're talking about? Yes, uh, I I don't know that uh, overall, like the entire year, we'll definitely see deflation i think categorically there will be sections within cpi that are negative 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 overall i i, I don't see anything over certainly not over two and a half percent in 2022 i i would be shocked my investment thesis would be broken uh if if i see inflation over two and a half percent next year and i'm talking cpi because there are a lot of folks who uh who, who don't trust the cpi that's fine uh but but that's that's just what i'm i'm watching yeah it's so crazy. Yeah. I, I hear so many great arguments on both sides. Like you make a great point and I've seen other like billionaires make a great point that they think it's going to have, we're going to have an insane amount of inflation, unprecedented inflation to the point where the, the gold Fed's sellers. <clears throat> yeah. For maybe the Fed's going <laughs> to step in and raise interest rates to cool everything down, which might trigger that uh, CMBS collapse. I don't know. Yeah. All the gold sellers, by the way, are all the same. Give us your email address so we can send you our newsletter. They all end <laughs> like that. That's right. Every single one of them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why, but why commercial mortgage-backed securities? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Why? Because they're just, they're over, um, gosh, they're over leveraged. Okay. And so... And uh, also all of the major banks, they're over-reporting. So the statistic was, let me see if I could remember it, 5% uh, or more 
okay, so 28% of the loans they gave out were over-reporting the income that their clients had of 5% or more. So the major banks are basically over-reporting the income mm. of the loans that they were giving out in 28 to 35% of the loans uh, that they lent was out. Was this like a recent mm. audit or something? Yeah, this was relatively recent. Wow. And, hey. is, and is that because of the pandemic, like like people getting adjusted down, uh, their incomes going down basically on, on these commercial properties? I have no idea why they would do that. Um, That's uh, interesting. Yeah. The theory is the theory is because they want to package it up and sell it as, you know. Yeah. Right. It's like 2008. <laughs> like because exactly. in 2008, the rating right. agencies got right. paid money to provide ratings. Right. And so it was competitive environments. Ratings is possible. Yeah. 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 Jeremy, what do you think? Clearly you have a different opinion on inflation. Well, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think that was a great uh, clip from millennial money clips right there, Andre. That's uh, how we're going to have the, the next crash right there, Andre. Check. Cause that was, that was actually really interesting. What you just brought out there, Andre. I love that, man. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other metrics that they looked at for why it's kind of repeating. That, that was one of those. Um, gosh, another one was the minimum requirements that banks were holding. Let me see if I can find that statistic. I, yeah, I yeah. Take, take your time while you while you gather those thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, you know, have 100 percent been on this this inflation train, and I'm definitely seeing it. How it plays out, you know, a year from now or two years from now, man, that's really hard to forecast. But I just know there's still massive inflation. I'm seeing it across the board. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's hard to predict. I think how long it will go for. And I, I give you credit, Kevin, for you know putting your head out there and saying you believe there's going to be uh, you know potentially even deflation next year um, or very 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 minimal inflation because it's. I feel like it's so hard to. But forecast. Jeremy, I want to hear your differentiation between what you consider inflation and what's just a temporary price hike due to supply chain issues, shortages of shipping, limited inventory. And that's just driving yeah. up price. Yeah. Well, my my opinion is, I don't think prices are going to come back down. And if they do, it's going to take quite a while. I don't think, um, you know, let's say uh, uh, refrigerators, let's say for instance, are all going up in price for many various factors, right? Yeah. I it's hard for me to see at least immediately Samsung and all the other and LG and all the you know GE and all the Whirlpool, all those guys, right? Being like, okay, now let's all lower our prices back down. It's not going to work like that. It could work like that over five years. Maybe it gets more competitive and then this company does a deal and this company does a deal and then it gets you know cutthroat. But I, I don't think it's going to happen like that overnight, and especially because we have a lot of monopolized industries. You know, housing's gotten so dang expensive, right? To build a house now is just massively more expensive. It's hard for me to see the home builders all of a sudden be like, mm, yeah, you know, we, we could sell these houses for 800000 but let's just sell them for seven hundred because now we don't need to spend as much on lumber. You know, it's just not the way the world works. So, um, yeah, I, I think over time it, it will get more competitive and the amount of increase in price will get harder. But in terms of everybody just saying, oh, now we're going to charge cheaper prices because maybe steel costs has gone down or lumber or whatever, I, I don't see it, man. I just don't think that's the way the world works. I was just thinking, and I'm not sure if it was mentioned here or if I just thought of it and it became like it was a real thing. But I was just thinking, and, and it was like joking around in my mind as you were saying, I'm like, one of the best ways to track inflation, in my opinion, is to look at the price of the dollar menu at McDonald's. And I say this because like three weeks ago, I was uh, driving. Oh, where? you know, I think I was driving back from L.A. 
and uh, stopped at uh, stopped at a McDonald's in California, and I got their dollar menu, which went from three dollars to three fifty. And I was thinking, wow, wait a second, that's an extra fifty cents there. I that wasn't there before. And it turns out there is a thing called the Big Mac Index. I told the you Big about Mac it. Index. Yeah. yeah, that, in my opinion, is probably the best source of inflation data that we could ever have is the Big Mac Index. Because think about it. I mean, a, a Big Mac doesn't change. McDonald's is such a big corporation. I don't think their margins are going up. Or my, they're pretty stable. So if they're raising stuff on the dollar menu, you know, then it's serious. Yeah, I would I'm, actually place a lot of faith into that, into McDonald's. Yeah, hey, and Kevin, I'm still waiting for the day they lower the price in the Big Mac. When that's coming, baby? I've been waiting for 31 years of my life. It's still going up in price. When's that happening? <laughs> well, so here's here's my take. Of course, over time, prices have gone up in the last 20 years. Uh, but that is because we have been printing more money. There's there's no there's no joking about that. Like it, it, there has been more money printing, uh, too much money printing recently. It's got to that's got to stop. There's there's no kidding about that. Uh, if it weren't for the money printing though, then your Big Mac would go down in price. Uh, your Big Mac's been going up in price over time because of money printing. This is true. But you know this talk about the the refrigerators. I want to touch on them. If the refrigerators went up in price now, that's fine. But next year, I don't suspect that they will go up again. I, I don't suspect that they'll continue to go up. So now all of a sudden our month over month measures of let's say refrigerator prices won't be plus 4% anymore, they'll be plus 0%. Uh, and, and I agree with you that supply chain issues and markets take years to correct themselves. Uh, but over that next one to two years, we wouldn't be surprised to slowly see that, okay, hey, now all oh, refrigerators went down half percent, down 1% or whatever. But the point is when, when you look at this as 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 a you know pile it all together and you got the cpi if you've got a bunch of zeros or even minus a quarter of a percent what you don't have is a bunch of top line measures that are saying oh my gosh inflation's four percent year over year that goes away that evaporates so even if prices go up fine we had one year of pain but but then then the the rate stops going up and see i think that's the dangerous kind of inflation where it's like refrigerators just went up 10% or 4%, whatever it is, right? And then next year, oh crap, they're gonna go up another 5% and another five thereafter and another five. And I don't know, I don't see that happening at all. Kevin, you know what this reminds me a lot of? You know, this was a big thing from like 2010 to probably 15, 16. There was so much debate around the real unemployment rate, right? Oh yes. Yes, like that was huge. Like 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, they were like, oh, the unemployment rate's going down. And other people are like, no, that's BS. Look at the real unemployment rate. Don't look at what the government gives you for numbers. And I feel like we're getting into that same situation again, but around inflation, because the government says it's some number and I'm over here and I'm like, I don't think it's that number. I think it's way higher, right? And so I feel like we're, and I think Andre's in my same camp and I'm not sure about, about Graham or not, but it's just, yeah. it's it's funny. It just feels like it's so much more than whatever we they're can never reporting. Agree. We can never agree on what is a true measure of inflation. Like some people say it's the consumer price index. Some people say it's the asset prices. And I, I think that Jeremy and I are in the same camp where it's like, we think that asset prices are more uh inflation uh, an accurate judge of inflation and i think kevin approaches it more from the cpi perspective kevin uh, you know how, yeah. how you know where's your stance on this like how much do you trust the inflation data the government gives versus you know i don't know just a person out there well i, I think it's worth noting that the uh 
real unemployment numbers are given to us. It's just the headline, at, at least the ones you're referring to, uh, they're given to us, whether they're manipulated or not, who knows. But, but the point is we get all of the data. We can sit there and look at the unemployment report and go, okay, the headline unemployment reading is 6.3%. Ah, but this many thousand people are discouraged and this many thousand people are not being counted as part of the labor force anymore. We actually, we get those numbers. So, you know, within two minutes of looking at an unemployment report, I can tell you, this is what the headline number is. This is what the Wall Street Journal is putting in their, their clickbaity headline, whatever. Uh, and, and then here is if I add together these other numbers, oh, wow, the real unemployment rate's really 13%. So I can calculate that very easily. Uh, that's there. That's available for me. Uh, as far as tracking inflation measures, yeah, I mean, may maybe we have less transparent tools there. Although, I mean, personally, when I look at CPI, you know, you look at the headline number, it's like, oh, well, what's in that? Well, it's easy. They give you a table of what's in it. You click on the table and you could scroll down and go, ah, bacon's up this month and cheese is down this month. And they, and they tell you like donuts are up or this. Uh, it's, it's pretty detailed. They do give you a lot of information in terms of what goes in it. But our big inflation measures are... Uh, the producer price index, uh, per, uh, person, uh, personal consumption expenditure, CPI, all of them show the same transitory inflation things when you dig into those. Then you could look at University of Michigan inflation expectations, uh, which is what people think inflation is going to be. But beyond that, yeah, you're right. I mean, like beyond these data reports, if you don't trust any of them, well, sure, then then all you have left to trust is, is asset prices, which some argue, well, maybe cryptocurrencies would be a gauge as to how much inflation there would would potentially be. But that's been falling lately, which which would be a counter argument to that, right? So it's it's confusing. No, not necessarily. And crypto has like, you know, short short term things that affect it. <clears throat> but I do agree with you. I think that crypto is probably the closest measure of of, of inflation. And I, and I feel like with the consumer price index, it just feels like one big distraction to be like, don't worry guys, it's all pretty low. Meanwhile, the things that really matter, the thing that creates an indebted society that has to have a job as far as like buying a house you need to buy a house you need to buy you know investments you need to take care of your retirement that's the kind of stuff that seems to be far more important than the price of bacon tomorrow or the price of yeah. eggs whatever it is so to me whenever we talk about consumer prices i'm like yeah that's that's cool but that just seems like a, a magician doing a magic trick where it's like hey look over here but the misdirection is over there you like, you bring up a yeah you bring up a really good point there, Andre, because, you know, when, when you do think about like what really is going to affect somebody's uh, long term life. Yeah, yeah it's like it's it, it's real estate and stocks, at least if you're going to build wealth. Right. Or, or now, you know, in the new age, crypto also. Right. And so if all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to build up your financial life and now you have to pay some crazy price for real estate and the Nasdaq, I think, hit a new all time high today. Right. And uh, that's a really good point. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, they not show in the game. But that could be influenced by so many different things. Like even tax policies could affect the value of real estate. It could affect the value of the stock market, what the corporate tax rate is, how well certain companies are doing, whether the economy is doing well. I, I, I feel like there's so much to factor in that there's no easy answer on that, unfortunately. Because I was thinking, even if there is a way to lump real estate home prices in there, rental prices, uh, the stock market value, then, then which one do you which one do you track along with food and all the essentials, it's, it becomes convoluted and difficult. Really? Yeah, it's I, I can simple. chime on that. Sorry, the, go, ahead, yeah. go ahead. 
Yeah, so we, we, I mean, what you all are talking about right now, well, Andre and uh, Jeremy, you're, you're talking about wealth versus consumer prices, and I and I get that. Like the entry for, for example, for millennials to build wealth is getting harder and harder every single year, right? Uh, but the reason we track consumer prices is because consumer prices determine margins and profit margins at businesses, which contribute to these these uh, asset prices. But also, and, and potentially more importantly, consumer prices are what end up dictating interest rates. Uh, and so even even if we don't like what we're tracking, this is what's being used to determine should rates go up. And rates going up and down, that dramatically affects asset prices. So I'm not saying that a ton of money printing doesn't. Uh, and I'm not saying it's it's not, you know, that, that it's fair, that it's so much harder to build wealth here in 2021 than it was in, in 2010. Uh, but, uh, you know, ultimately, we, we kind of got to deal with the cards that we got dealt. And if, if the cards that we're getting dealt are, here's... Here's what inflationary data is. Here's what unemployment data is. Here's the trajectory of rates. Whether we believe it or not, we can either just close our eyes to all of it and go, whatever, I'll just buy an index fund and forget about it, which is fine. Or uh, we can look at the inflection points in that data and, and, and try to make reasoned decisions based on what changes are happening, whether we believe the actual number or not. That's just my take on that. Wow. Yeah, I don't look at it like a belief thing. It's not about believing one thing or another. It's more just like understanding which, which of the two is more important. Um, you know, the asset prices. Well, societally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to me, it seems like the bigger stuff's more important than just the, the, the average or ordinary consumer stuff. But so you're saying that the government does not look at asset prices. Like if we had huge inflation in the real estate market, they wouldn't look at that and be like, uh, let's uh, raise interest rates. You don't think they look at no, that? No, no, no. I, I think they do. I, I do think that asset prices matter. Uh, but I think that matters more for like stimulus. So, hey, how, how much longer are we really going to be buying mortgage-backed securities <laughs> when real estate is at all-time highs, right? So asset prices are high and they do matter. Uh, but, uh, you know, you do, for example, I, I don't know who said it. Maybe it was Graham that mentioned it. You do also get the cost of shelter showing up in the CPI, which which is also something interesting to consider. I mean, here you go. Uh, rent of shelter, rent of primary residence, lodging away from home, housing at school. I mean, they put this in, they have an incredible, I mean, look at this, water and sewer, trash collection services and stuff. There's an incredible amount of stuff in here, gardening and lawn maids. It is incredible how much detail they, they, they do have in here. Again, do we believe it or not? Hey. <laughs> what would be so difficult for them to throw in, you know, asset prices? I don't understand why they exclude that. Well, I, mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I think if we look at consumer price, well, look, asset prices are, are pretty read, readily available, right? We can readily measure the uh, increases in real estate prices. We can re readily measure the increases in stock prices. We have, argue, all the data. Argue, we have those charts. Argue, you could argue that for literally anything that's on that list. No, I don't think so. I mean, who who has the chart of how much donuts are going up and down uh, and the same donut? And who is charting yeah, if you were to track, I feel like you you could just track that yourself if you wanted to. I mean, like, yeah, but nobody does, and and that's what this this. I mean, look look how long this stupid list is. It's insane. But who's the only person putting this together? All of these different categories of crap. Right. The people who put it's the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You know, well, it's awesome. It's great. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, why don't they throw in the other stuff like real estate, the assets, stock prices? I don't. Yeah, I know it's displayed somewhere else, to, but to weight it in, you mean? Yeah, of course. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be an, a more accurate, like wholesome reflection of what's actually going on? Like that kind of makes sense, no? I guess it depends. I mean, does the regular consumer 
by the S&P 500 index fund every month, right? Is is that is it necessary to include that? Uh, how many, you know, what percentage of people are investing? And does it matter? Is it like, oh, I, I put $1,000 in when the S&P was four grand or three grand? I, I don't know. Gosh, I'm not sure I, I follow that yeah. logic. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah I don't because, because that would also assume that if the market goes down, that would have, that would basically say we have deflation when maybe the market goes down, but the price of everyday goods are going up and that, I, I don't know that that can get you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the market moves off emotion and sentiment that the cost of our bread uh, generally goes up or down based off. So that's probably what it is. Totally different input input factors here, because again, S&P 500, like Graham says here, it's, it's emotional. It, it could totally skew this data, whereas the cost of my bread has to do with uh, labor input costs, flour input costs, commodity prices, shipping prices, containers, right? We're measuring totally different things. And, and, I, and I do think maybe that's the way to look at it is there's there's no way to really mix asset prices in with consumer prices. And if you wanted to do that yourself, like here's CPI, here's asset price inflation, go average them however you want. But then how do you weight it? It, it seems complicated. It almost seems like you have to weigh those things separately and, and, and sort of independently. But it, yeah. it's an interesting point yeah, for wealth building purposes. Yeah. That's that's probably the best answer I could I could have gotten. Yeah, that's, CP, that makes sense. The CPI numbers do they include rent in it or no? Uh huh. They do. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think that's really relevant. Because then you're not talking about an asset change, right? Rent's right, just yeah. a consistent right. number. Like which, it, interestingly, uh, home prices are up like fifteen to twenty percent across the board or, across the United States, but rents are up like five percent. Mm. <laughs> you know, so well, uh, you do have that divergence. If stocks are, are emotional, is real estate uh, the price of just real estate in there? It's I know rent is factored in there, but is it's just no, 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 no assets. Yeah, I mean, could you argue that that should be in there? Because it's I mean, it's less emotional than say the stock market, right? It's it's good point. Uh, I don't know if that then is too much linking back again to, to what interest rates are doing. You know, that's that's it's an interesting question. But one of the reasons people do buy homes is because, again, it's an, it's an investment. And if people are willing to to pay more, it means they're willing to take a lower return on their money. Uh, you know, that's the, the symbol or, or why, why are home prices up? It's because people are willing to, to take a lower return. They're, to, they're willing to take a lower rent for their properties. They just want to be in, right? Uh, rent prices going up 5%, you know, that, that's, that's probably something more important to measure than, than, uh, than the asset prices themselves. Because quite frankly, they could take the CPI data and go, that's it. We got to raise interest rates 1%. And tomorrow, real estate prices go down 10%. And then what? Because they raised rates, because inflation maybe went up. Now all of a sudden everything's down ten percent because because yeah. uh, real estate prices tank off the rates. Probably, yeah, probably good that they don't have it in there. Hmm. Gosh, I, don't I, know. That's I, I feel like there's I a way to incorporate it, whether it's an annual reporting or something. It's just got to be a way to, to include it in there. No. Uh, now I yes, heard no. oil might go to a hundred dollars, man. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. Exxon Mobil stock is going through the roof. Do you, do you believe that? I think it's going down. Yeah. No, I just heard there were some predictions I was reading today around oil going to 100. I always thought it was possible for this summer, you know, because I was thinking about the ramp up in demand and I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, supplies not there. And I was, I, I don't know, I always thought it was a realistic possibility that oil could hit 100 plus Look this summer, but maybe it doesn't. Flights, though. A lot of flights are booked. They're jammed yeah. packed right now. My dad flew in for uh, for Father's Day. Flight is totally booked. 
Wow. It's wow. it's nuts how much demand there is. I think everyone this year is like, you know what? I'm uh, vaccinated. Things are opening back up. I, I could go and take a vacation. I think yeah. so many people are doing that all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's just a start. I mean, a, a, you know, I, I think 22 is going to be another one of those huge years for vacations as well. Um, unless we all go broke, then it might not be. But oil, oil is at 73 right now for the 52% July. 52% year to date. That's nuts. Yeah. But there's no inflation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm so I'm so happy that I, I kept buying Exxon Mobil stock when it was just dropping last year. People are like, oh, you're an idiot. You should be buying tech stocks. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to buy well, some XOM. Yeah. yeah, the one the one I was very happy I sold, I sold BP. Uh, I sold and then, yep. And then I used that to buy Exxon. Yep. Thankfully. Wow. Me too. That's exactly what I did. Yep. Wow. Yeah. If oil keeps going up, Kevin, that's good for Tesla, right? I, I, I felt like... I feel like uh, in order for, for the EV wave to really, really take off huge, I feel like if, if you know, gas prices around the United States are 4 or $5 a gallon, I think that's like people would really start thinking, shoot, man, EVs. Because we really haven't had that. I don't know. Maybe in L.A. it's a little different. Maybe you guys hit fours, you know, consistently. But most of the country, you know, has been twos and threes for years now, right? And so I just feel like if we were to start hitting fours and fives consistently around the United States, that would be that number that I feel like people would be like, ah, EV looks pretty darn attractive. And, oh, I can go 300, 400 miles of range. Hmm. Right. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, somebody I was reading somewhere that uh, maybe, maybe one day, I don't know, maybe it was an ARC thing. Maybe one day uh, we've got uh, we're going to have more EV adoption in in uh, Ubers or, or Lyfts. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, really, because then you have to stop for an hour to charge every so often. Uh, I don't see that. What, what do you all think? Uh, you, you're saying you, you're saying like are you talking about like autonomous taxi networks or, or sorry? no like like actual still drivers driving them like what at what point are we gonna see Uber and Lyft drivers like I gotta buy an EV because it's so much more affordable than a gas car oh. Oh, actually yeah, yeah yeah here here it was right here it was it was the arc thing look at this it says uh or is it, we believe oil prices will not be far behind that fall despite the significant cutbacks in energy related capital spending particularly if drivers and ride sharing Take advantage of the lower total cost of EV ownership. Mm. Oh. Well, the problem is, I mean, it, you know, if you're going to buy a Tesla, you're still looking at about 40000 out the door, right? Um, no, you know, for a Model 3. Um, you finance know, it. Yeah. Yeah. But Seven still. Seven-year loan, baby. Let's <laughs> go. You know, where's my 10-year loan? Come on, yeah. man. That's a problem. Like a lot of Uber and Lyft drivers are driving cars that are twenty to thirty thousand. And if we're talking Tesla, you're up at forty. You might not get approved for that loan. You might not be able to get that Tesla, or it might just be out of your bracket, right? So uh, the high majority of of Ubers and Lyfts are, are twenty thousand dollar cars. You know, maybe twenty five k. So probably maybe. it's. It, it, better that the last thing i want to see and, and because somebody mentioned this like last year they're an uber driver and they're like oh, i made i made all this money in stocks and, and driving uber now i'm gonna buy uh the best model three i can buy and they spend like 70 grand on model three and i'm like wait a minute what's your net worth I'm like well that's 70 grand that just went over to the car i'm like why no mm -hmm. please don't buy a tesla and destroy <laughs> your net worth so, Do you guys I, think that would change then when Tesla releases their neck? I don't know what it's called, but the next version where it's like going to be twenty grand or something. 
Oh, the 25k car. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah probably. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how Tesla in my opinion gets to, you know, 5 million, 10 million. They they got to have something yeah. under 30k. You know, you're not going to they're never going to get to those numbers in my personal opinion if if all your cars pretty much cost 40k and up, which is essentially what Tesla's at and even when Cybertruck comes out, you know, even the lowest end Cybertruck's going to be roughly 40k and up, right? After you, you know, tag on everything. But if Tesla could ever have a 25K and then out the door, you're under 30K, no. you know, the, the sky's the limit. But uh, yeah, they're going to have batteries, to get the cost down more, man. Yeah. I'm nervous. I don't think we have enough batteries. I'm, I'm very scared. <laughs> right. Uh, Jeremy, are, did you cancel your order on the Plaid because you have the Plaid Plus? Or are you are you getting the one that, that the Plaid, just the basic Plaid? Yeah, I'm going to get just the, the you know, the one that they're still going to have. They, okay. they said mine should be ready in the August. Basic plaid yeah the yeah. plaid. you know Gosh. what I, mean. I looked at this car i specced out one and it came to like 145 grand i noped out of that i mean not for me right now i gotta say it's a gorgeous looking car or so yeah, just make a 300 400k car in the garage man right. that's what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah but you know what that listen those teslas they're probably gonna be worth about 100 grand in a year and a half sure so it's no, not with inflation. It's going to be worth three hundred thousand grand, <laughs> or or if Elon raises the price of that full self driving to twenty grand, you know. Oh, by the way, I got a special deal on mine though. Hmm. What? Why? Because I promoted the stock so much in the past. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I got. I did get a special. No, because when I um sign for mine or whatever you know put in for that order it was like ten thousand dollars cheaper than what they want for it now mm. what how much they want for it now yeah i don't i, I guess like ten thousand more than whenever i put in my order no. so that's what the that's what the lady on tesla you, you know told me she's like if you don't want to you know she's like if you want to change anything the problem is you you can change something but then you're gonna have to do a new order and it's like mm. ten thousand now more than when you uh, had ordered it, really? so no. Right just now, it's on the website. Lies. It's on their website right now at ten thousand dollars. Say what? No, no, it's I'm talking about website. the car as a whole. Oh, they raised the price. The car. Okay, never yeah. mind. Yep, got yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, hey, I'm fortunate. Hmm. That's all I'll say about that. I'm like, it's not like a small amount of money. How much you did know, you pay? 10, What's that? How much did you pay? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I, I actually what a, what have a great I, thing. How would you? I don't know. Put that yeah. in the book of what rich people say. <laughs> no, no, it was it was a price. I don't know what the price was. Because no, I, 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 Jeremy doesn't well, look at the price. He knows what he wants. His like, time is that. worth more than figuring out how much something costs and whether or not he's going to afford it. By that, more. by the time he looks at the price, he's already losing money. He's like, oh, that's ten fifty grand. I could have just earned right there. Calculate. He outsourced. He had someone else look at the price for him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you're buying twenty three thousand dollars refrigerators, what what's a hundred fifty? Oh gosh, <laughs> done. Kevin, Lord, you should get a plan. Lauren wants a new refrigerator because our uh, our like water dispenser sometimes doesn't work, and one of our drawers uh, and the refrigerator side is broken. Uh, the ice maker doesn't work too well. The thing's like ten years old, and I'm like, well, just dispense water when it works. <laughs> Honestly, if, if I had a choice to wait for a refrigerator right now, I would. Just uh, the prices are thing. stupid high. Everything, by the way, is delayed for months. So even if you do place an order today, 
you're not going to get it for a few months. The best thing you could do, honestly, is just order one uh, like refurbished. Find oh, one of those local yeah. places that gets the refrigerators. They fix them up. They sell them for a profit. I'd give the business to them. Be best thing is just not buying a new one. Or just, or just keep it. Honestly, yeah, here, what's wrong look, with the one I where you fill it up. up with the tap and you just crank it out? That's what I do. Mm, yeah, wow. So check this out. I, I had pre-ordered an S Plaid. Uh, not that I, I want one, but I pre-ordered one a long time ago. And uh, this is what they sent me. The Model S Plaid Plus, I'm pretty sure. And now they sent me this. Your Model S Plaid order has been modified or whatever. This is the the current. This is the pricing that I is this what you would get on the website? Is this looks familiar? Yeah, no, it's more. It's more. I just hold on. Let me go back on their website. Is it more now? Really? Yeah, the website right now for a Model S. So I should buy that because it's a wedge deal. Yeah, it was one twenty four five. So they're based. They're giving you five thousand dollars off. Wait, how did you? Oh, because how did you figure that? On the website right now, it says uh, one hundred twenty four thousand four hundred ninety base. Yeah, because I have blue twenty one inch wheels, cream interior. What's cream? Did I want that? So, yeah. so oh, it's two thousand dollars more for that. <gasps> quick thing. Um, did yeah. you guys notice that Tesla, when it does the model plaid uh, zero to sixty mm. times, it excludes the rollout period? Did you guys see that video? That was yeah, a I did. fascinating video. Yeah, I, I and saw on the, that. On the long range, it includes the rollout period, which makes it seem slower, and there's a bigger difference between. Wait, the what does that mean? Long range. So the rollout period, from my understanding, it's like the first couple of feet that a car goes. That takes like half a second to one second on yeah. some cars, and manufacturers exclude that rollout period in their zero to sixty calculation. And so Tesla's Plaid is not a quote unquote true zero to sixty uh, sub two second car. It's it's more like two point zero one or whatever it might be because they're excluding that. Now all manufacturers do that, but what's interesting is that their long range that's on the website that shows the zero to sixty does include the rollout period. And the plaid does not, so it, wow. there's a, there's a bigger discrepancy between. Wow! So it makes it seem as though the plaid is much faster than the long. So range. they're just trying to upsell people on the plaid, basically. Yes. Yes. Where did you figure that out? That was a video that somebody did. It was really fascinating. Do we know yeah. that's true? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I don't. Yeah, I never understood Here, how the, those back tires would be able to gain the traction to be able to go zero to 60 in one point something seconds. I mean, even the Ford GT, these back tires are massive. They're double the size of a normal tire. It's that initial zero to 60 traction. Yeah, oh, you were right. See, look yeah. look at this. This is now, this is exactly what I would have to pay now okay. is 147.999. So go to and show details, go to the plus, show details. Here's the, here's, Kevin, too bad oh, you well, can't just sell that allocation to somebody else and just split the difference. Oh yeah, take the because they get five grand off. I get five grand off or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like like Andre Jick, maybe you could like you know hook him up. He I heard he wants one. I do want one. It's just such a splurge. Oh That's come on, you only live once, Andre. What are you gonna do with all that money, man? No, I live twice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the the second time you're not gonna have the money though. That's the problem. <laughs> That's fun. So you yeah, might I really enjoy it now, man. I really <laughs> want one. I really want one. I, I'm like, oh, I'm holding out for you know the Roadster if that ever comes around when I'm richer. I mean, <laughs> you, should get a you should honestly get a Model 3. I think they're a fantastic car, and they have not depreciated, which is weird. They're still I, the same price when I was looking at them like two and a half years ago. They're the same price. It's wild. Yeah. I would get a Model Y instead of a 3. I think that's more practical. Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Tomato, tomato. It's like the same oh, thing. Either way, I would, I would get one. So Model you're planning on a family soon? 
Good to know. I, Here it that's is. The guy. That's the guy. It's such a yeah. good video, man. Definitely give it a watch. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Well, you know, I feel like a lot of these manufacturers like find ways around the system or tricks or something. Because I remember I, I had the Alfa Romeo SUV a few years ago, right? And that was supposedly zero to 60 in 5.4 seconds. I can tell you that thing wasn't even close to 5.4 seconds. I mean, I don't think it was cracking, you know, 6.4 seconds, honestly. That thing was slow. Uh, You know, like I've driven in a Model 3. uh, The standard version Model 3 is 5.3 seconds. And that feels like a lightning bolt compared to how the Alfa Romeo used to feel. So I feel like a lot of these companies are, are... fudging numbers or finding ways around the system or something man well they're all excluding that rollout period which in some cases can be like a second so that's why yeah yeah so but uh anyways yeah that, that that's fascinating okay so hey uh one last thing here guys like wh- what moves are we making man what moves are we making out there i bought some voyager digital thinking about buying some wind call options potentially because it is crazy wind busy call down there. options Potentially, potentially, um, and uh, you just know, by the stock. And wait, recovery's all been flatlining, dude. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter. I think the numbers are going to be insane coming out of win, man. I was down there this weekend. It's nuts. I've never seen it like that before. And uh, go on a non-Father's Day weekend now. Try, try this upcoming weekend. This would be a good, good test. Yeah, I would, I would love to check it out, but it, it's, uh, you know, Macau is still coming back. I feel like there's a huge pent-up demand for 22 as far as travel goes. Macau and Vegas are going to be two of the biggest, you know, uh, winners, obviously, there, right? Um, so, I don't know, man. Think about that a little bit. We'll see. But anyways, what moves you guys making out there? Um, dude, did you know that Macau makes more revenue than Vegas for their casinos? Yeah, at the peak, it used to be 7x at it's the peak. insane. Yeah. Insane. Now it's like 4x, 5x. <laughs> Only. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I, personally, I'm I'm uh, making I'm getting ready to make some changes. Uh, probably this some bigger changes uh, over the next uh, uh, you know six months. I really want to get out of call options actually. Uh, because I think, uh, you know, once we have uh, most of my calls are the only calls that I have right now that are red or Tesla. Uh, and those are the ones I have most of my calls in. Well, not most of them, probably 50% of my calls are in Tesla, which kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other ones are like 10 other companies. All of those are green. Yeah. Enphase, I saw is, is doing well. Enphase, Etsy, Piton, all, all of them. They're, they're killing it. Neo, all of them killing it except for Tesla. But I really want to get out of the options because I mean, they, they bleed every day, man. I mean, yeah, you get a leveraged return, you know, but I mean, you got theta decay every day. And, and if you got, uh, you know, I think I got like $4 million or whatever in options and, and what I paid for them, it, that's, uh, you know, that cost me uh, probably like three grand a day or something like that. It's nuts. So. Wow. Wait, so what are you up so far on that? Up on my Tesla and down no, on no, my no, Tesla. No, 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 no. I'm just saying overall, like you're in, because you put $3 million. Options? Right? Yeah. Yeah, the four is probably still four right now because the other ones are up like a mill and the Tesla ones are down like a mill. <laughs> God, it's, you're even. So you're not, you're not up, you're not down. No. Why don't you just take it easy, man? You've done so well. Go and buy the S&P with me. Let's do it. <laughs> Put all of it in that and you never have to worry, no stress. You don't have to think about it. There's no question every day of what I'm buying. I just, I know I'm going to buy a little bit more every day. I don't think about it. If there's anything else, it's a bonus. That's, you would like it. <laughs> you, know, just, you know what? Retire. 
don't do anything anymore. S and P and just stop. We're good. It would be nice. Just with that, it, it, honestly, I think what it was at like a thirty-year portfolio. Just do it with a third. Seriously, that's what I would do. Oh, I know. Oh, uh, it's very tempting. You, you. Uh, every time you say that, I'm like, man, that would be nice. But because I, I think when it hits me the worst is yeah. when I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning and it's like, man. I got so much stuff to do today. And like, I just want to wake up one day and go, I have nothing to do because I haven't felt that in years. Kevin, uh, buy the S and P and then take one Saturday, come to, come to Vegas, throw a, uh, throw a rally here. I'll join you on that one and take it easy for the day. You know, throwing a rally and taking it easy for the day doesn't exactly no. go together. Whatever. Oh, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I try. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so Kevin, you're, you're thinking about uh, selling some options and maybe just going into some stock straight up is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the, like, I'm really eyeballing C3 AI right now, you know, snowflake partnership here sitting around a support level that they've been dancing at for last month. Uh, they've been straight down since uh, their listing. Ooh, man, every day I've been looking at it. Today it was up 4%. I'm like, I should have bought it yesterday. <laughs> Oh man! All right, uh, Graham, what are you yeah. doing? You just buying Bitcoin, and that's it now? Uh, yeah. So about a little. Well, Bitcoin I've been buying consistently. It's like every week or so, I'll just go throw some money in there. S and P still consistently. I had not really bought any individual stocks for the most part in last. Well, since last time, I did. However, you'll see it this Sunday. I think on the uh, family vlog, I did buy another alternative asset. An aquarium? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's something that I think will, do, you know, go up in value over time. Oh, but it, but it's but it's uh, yeah, you, you'll see. It's, it's a five hundred dollar investment. Not a car. It's five hundred, and it's it's not a car. Okay. Yet. Wait. Yeah. Did you? Oh, never mind. I'll ask you later. <laughs> no. For me, oh, I have a I have a recurring investment in VTI and VOO. I have a thousand dollars between those two, and about a thousand dollars between Bitcoin and Ethereum, recurring daily. Daily, thousand yeah. bucks a day. What a high yeah. roller here. Yeah, trying to be like Kevin here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, though. I, yeah. I mean, that's nope. that's a great idea. No individual stocks, unfortunately. Ten, 10 bucks says uh, Tattoo Chef outperforms all your guys' assets the next five years. Graham, take us home. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so did you see my comment on your, on your short seller video? No, I haven't. What okay, happened? so everybody's got to go to financial education after this. Go to his Tattoo Chef video and look for the top comment. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Before you leave, make sure to destroy the subscribe button. Just do it really quick before you forget. Just, just do it. It'll help. It'll, it'll help all of us out tremendously. Make sure to smash the like button. Comment down below for the YouTube algorithm. We also have the uh, the Millennial Money Clips channel. We should have actually mentioned that in the very beginning. We got the Clips channel in the description. So throughout the week, post twice a day, little highlights and clips. Make sure to subscribe to that because that way, if you miss anything, you'll be able to see it there. Uh, also, plenty of other goodies in the description. Check that out. Thank you guys so much for watching, and until next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.